Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. We can stop with the uh, I feel sorry for Adrian Peterson's dance partner if they get knocked out early. See that? He's trying to discipline his child. Wow. In a poor way back in the day. All day, Adrian. <laughs> out of East Texas. This says she may not be an A-lister, but Lily Ponds is a looker. There you go. We now know the full cast of this upcoming season uh, of Dancing Where was she with- from? Uh, YouTube. Oh, she was a U- okay. She's a YouTuber. She's an influencer, Venezuelan content creator, Vene- Venezuelan okay. YouTuber. Well, that makes sense. She people like to look at her. Lily Pons. Mm-hmm. She's good looking. She's twenty-seven. Okay, from, uh, I did the research about Dancing with the Stars. You got thirty-two seasons. You have ten. Sorry, thirty-two seasons, Jen. You have uh, ten football players who placed. They they usually like first they got uh, runner-up and then there's third ten. place. Ten. So ten of them have placed. Three of them have won the damn thing outright. Emma Smith won it. Heinz Ward won Dancing with the Stars. And Rashad Jennings won it. Uh, the runner-ups are Jerry Rice was a runner-up. Jason Taylor was a runner-up. Warren Sapp was a runner-up. Um, also, Josh Norman was a runner-up. Third place, Calvin Johnson. Jacoby Jones was a third place. And I believe that is it so football player if you want to, if you're betting money ties a betting man uh football players usually do really well if you're betting them just to end up placing and dancing with the stars there you go of all the go. different you know professions that end up doing it i'll say football players are definitely one of the the, the high six higher success rates all right good there stuff you. right there D- deep dive on random dancing with the hey, stars. i told you it's random there you go well it's, it's funny our man zay caller used to produce our show and zay was a big uh he watched uh, dancing with the stars with his lady that and so uh, he know, the bachelor yeah. the bachelor oh the bachelor and yeah the bachelorette hey i wanted to be on the Bachelor. i was going I was, my plan was to be the first black bachelor at one point I actually auditioned i auditioned yeah i auditioned in austin they came to austin auditioning for uh the bachelor and the bachelorette the one after i think i did like a 45 minute Audition that video and everything. Dang. And there's somewhere there's, there's evidence of this. Actually, my man, you know Garrett Green. I know Garrett Green was our producer. Now, now the, it's the uh, play-by-play co- voice, right? Of the Sugarland Space Cowboys. Yes, uh, he he went with me, so I got a witness that I was I actually went there. He actually videoed the whole thing because we did a bit. That's back when I was a young radio guy, so I was doing bits, uh, and that was one of my we bits. Still I do would, bits? Yeah, we still do bits, but now Ty does the bit. I'm a little too old for all the bits, so now Ty does the bits. We do a bit every now and then, but you know that was a you know you got to commit to the bit. So I committed to the bit, went there and tried out. Uh, auditioned, I should say, and the woman she said, "You know what? I don't necessarily like you as the bachelor because I want to be the first black bachelor." She said, I, "She said I love you as one of the contestants on the Bachelorette." And Rod said, "Hell no, nah. uh, no." Actually, I was interested. I was like, "You know what? It's not a bad idea." I went to, uh, I believe it was John and Danny was our boss at the time, and I asked him about, it, and he's like, "Honestly, for the show, it wouldn't be a bad idea." <laughs> he's like, "Go out there, I never we, knew be this great story. content for the show." Uh, so I, uh, I got approval kind of, and I was thinking about it because she sent me a follow up email. She's like, "Hey." If you want to pursue this, you know, send me some information. We can try to work this out. And I was I just started dating my now wife just started dating her. And I literally I've been probably dating a couple of months. And I went to her and I was like, hey, listen, I got this chance to go on this reality TV show, The Bachelor. And I, I told her, I said, listen, if you sign off on this thing and you're cool with it, 
when I win, because I'm a competitor. I was planning on winning the damn thing. I go, I'm gonna, like, like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go on the back. You gotta get like married, right? I gotta go win. That's why I told her. That's why I told her. I said I really like you. I think you're great. I said when I go on there, I when I when I win, and I'm supposed to like propose to her. I will tell them honestly, I'm in love with another woman, oh, and you're the other drama. woman. I'm gonna be like, yes, boom! I was gonna create the drama, the, the nation. What a nation was watching. Well, that's I was when going, you become. Oh. But you know, that's when you become the scorn of no, 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 all no. females. No, 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 no. I wasn't. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Because the way I was gonna work it out was I'd be like, listen, I realized that I'm in love with someone else. I don't want to do this. I this needed be this wrong. show to realize boom, it. Boom, boom, and then me and her would end up getting our own follow-up reality TV show. Oh. And if my wife uh, now, my, I was dating it. If she dumped me, I. Had a plan to basically become the next bachelor because they'd ever be like, you know what, we're really interested in you. We like the way you do she things. The him. villain. Uh it had been great. I had it all planned out. And then my wife was like, if you go on that show, we're we're breaking up. Like, don't, <laughs> I'm not gonna be with you if you go on that show. And I was like, this I was like, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with you. I'm gonna tell everybody I'm in love with you, whatever. She's like, No, I'm not doing that. And that that shattered my dreams of becoming the first black well, bachelor. Now here you are married, and, happily married with a child on the No, way. dude, that's not the point. The point is, I could have been a reality TV star, all right, and be, not even have to worry about working radio or anything like that. We could have had like two, three spinoffs by now and be done. We could have been on Dancing with the Stars as a washed up reality TV star at this point. Love but it. no, she wanted to choose to work a nine to five. Well, I hope you're happy. <laughs> I think you've inspired me now to oh, to go audition. Come on, bro, you should go audition. They, they 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 have a formula. They want certain. They're types. looking for people like you, Ty. Yes, they are. They have. A, you they, fit. Uh, yes, yes. You're entertaining. They want entertainment. That's what. It, that's Unfiltered. Why you go. You can almost tell who's gonna make it far in those reality TV shows because they need people that create conflict because conflict that creates storylines. So if you ain't creating no storylines, you ain't gonna say. It's, it's easy for me to create a storyline. It's easy. It's got to be halfway interesting up there. I, I don't think I'm pretty enough though. Oh, dude, nah, you're good. You're, you're, you're attractive enough. Most you people. Just one of your $100 haircuts, yeah, shave a little bit, do some sit-ups, you'll be good. I Mo- need to do some sit-ups. <laughs> yeah. Most people are average. Shape. Speaking Most- of Casey Stuttered, he did text me this week after did he? I posted a, a, a bit of a drunk story on Instagram after the Alabama game of me shirtless wearing a chain. And, and he said, it was like, damn, Ty. He was like, he called me a tire. He's like, he did you, got, tire. you got body shamed by Casey Stutter? Yeah. I love oh, that. No. Big case. No. All right. So there's a good story on the uh, the reality TV star that uh, Rod almost was. There never get, was, man. Hey, let's get to some headlines uh, and get you caught up on the news. You're up and out in the 8 o'clock hour. Top Gun rentals and lot equipment bring them to you. Longhorns coming up that huge win at Alabama now turning their, their sights on the Wyoming Cowboys. They are off to a 2-0 start to their season as well. They have wins over Texas Tech and Portland State. Wyoming, a veteran squad out of the Mountain West Conference. They returned 17 starters from a year ago, 10 on defense, led by a sixth-year quarterback, Andrew Peasley, and they have the full attention of Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Now, we got a really tough opponent, you know, that, that challenged you a lot of ways. Coach Bowles, a tremendous coach. He's got a really veteran football team, a lot of fourth, fifth, and six-year seniors on their team. Um, as you know, we've touched on, really well-coached, hard-nosed team. They make things challenging on you because they execute really well on both sides of the ball as well as on special teams. Longhorn's more than a four-touchdown favorite. Game kicks at seven. We'll air on Longhorn Network. Our pregame coverage here on the Horn, presented by Bud Light. We'll fire up live from the Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe, 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. Week two in the NFL kicks off tonight in Philadelphia. The defending NFC champion Eagles host the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. Philly opened their season with a win at New England. Vikings lost their home opener to Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Eagles bit banged up on this short week. Running back Kenneth Gainwell 
cornerback James Bradbury and safety Reed Blankenship have been ruled out for that game. Also earlier this week, Eagles placed linebacker Nicobe Dean on injured reserve with a foot injury. Game kicks at 7 tonight on Amazon. Big night in Major League Baseball began with terrible news for the Texas Rangers. Word that their staff ace, Max Scherzer, is going to miss the remainder of the regular season and is unlikely to pitch in the postseason after straining a muscle in his upper right arm on Tuesday night. 39-year-old was, of course, the Rangers' prized trade deadline acquisition, supposed to be a vital part of this playoff run. And the Rangers are putting themselves into that playoff conversation again. They beat the Royals, excuse me, the Blue Jays, for the fifth straight, uh, third straight night and their fifth straight win last night. They bombed the Blue Jays 10-0. Other, their other trade deadline acquisition, Jordan Montgomery and two relievers combined on a five-hitter in that game. Nathaniel Lowe and Mitch Garver each, each hit three-run home runs. The win puts them a game and a half up on Toronto in that AL wildcard race. There's still a game back of Houston in the AL West. Astros salvaged a game in their three-game series with Oakland, and they nearly threw a no-hitter in the process. Right-hander Hunter Brown and the Astro bullpen held the A's hitless until the ninth inning when Ryan Noda had a one-out single off of Ryan Presley. Astros win at six to two. Seattle beat the Angels yesterday, so they remain a game and a half back at the uh, Astros in the AL West. Over in the National League, Atlanta Braves clinched their sixth straight NL East title with a 4-1 win over the Phillies. The 96-win Braves are 46 games over 500. They're the betting favorites to win the World Series in 2023. Dell Diamond last night, express game with Vegas suspended because of rain and unplayable field conditions. They'll resume that game at 5 o'clock this evening as part of a doubleheader. The Express trailing 3-0 in the third inning of that game. And uh, news from the NBA. Uh, where the NBA Board of Governors yesterday approved a new policy that will allow the league to find teams that sit star players during games. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, yeah, I just saw that on uh, in the Twitterverse, I should say, the, uh, the new rule about Load management, the load management rule, I guess, uh, in the NFL. Uh, Apparently, LeBron James does meet the criteria for the NBA's new rest policy exception. The load man, there's an exception if stars who are 35 years old by the season opener uh, or who have tallied up to 34,000 regular season minutes or a total of 1,000 combined regular season and playoff games will receive prior load management approval from the league. So basically, if you're an old man or you played in a lot of ball, it's kind of LeBron James loophole. The LeBron James exception. So they they made this rule, but they were like, they called LeBron first, like LeBron. LeBron made that rule. Yeah, they made, no, they, they made the rule first because well, they've been talking about this for a while. It's been, it's been a big issue for the NBA. It is. It's one, I would say that it's one of the kind of existential issues for the NBA. They got to figure out this, though, because it's making regular season basketball unwatchable in the NBA pretty much for the novice fan. Well, but and for I fans guarantee, who buy tickets, too. Yes, exactly. Great point. Great point on that, too. Uh, I do think that. You know, it's the most player-friendly league on the planet. Definitely reached out to their biggest star in the face of the league, LeBron, and was like, so you cool with this, right? You cool with it? Yeah, we cool with it. So well, I agree with you on that. It's, there's a LeBron well, James. Well, and to put some specifics on it, I mentioned in the headlines, the Board of Governors approved the new policy yesterday. And again, everything, not everything, but most things in sports these days are being dictated by television networks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's driving realignment in college sports and college football and athletics is te- television networks, Fox and ESPN. Uh, what drives you know the, the NFL or college football shortening games, right, with the new timeout rules or yep. clock stoppage rules? That's television. Mm-hmm. They want a shorter TV show. Uh, for their game watching. Uh, and this is driven by TV, right? The networks are paying a lot of money, and they don't want to put games on on a 
Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday night, and the star players aren't playing. And obviously ticket buyers don't want it. So the new policy recommended by the NBA's competition committee will apply to nationally televised games and in-season tournament games, according Mm. to Woj. Teams can face punishment for sitting multiple stars during regular season games. Policy is aimed at preventing teams from resting players or using them in reduced roles when the integrity of the game is at stake. I love it. I do, too. It's a smart move. I'm bullish on it. Mm-hmm. If the NBA, you can't be a playoff-only league that people care about. That's why they're putting in this in-season tournament. Yep. To whether people are going to care or not, over time they think it'll be something that will draw interest back to December NBA regular season games. And uh, you certainly can't put this tournament on and then have guys resting in the tournament. That's not going to work. If we're doing this tournament, you got to be competing to try to win the tournament. Um, but does that 35 or older, older rule, uh, that applies to Steph Curry too, right? I believe so. That would apply yeah. to Steph. Well, just because it's, it's that rule, but also 1,000 you know, combined games or 34,000 minutes. Definitely Steph has achieved one of those criteria. Right. Kevin Durant maybe? Yes, exactly. Guys like that. Yeah, so, well, and you yeah. understand you want to keep them fresh, but at the same time, this is driven by TV and the TV partners in the league. That um, you know, if you turn on or go to a game, and you've you know, most fans can afford to go buy tickets for one game a year or two, maybe, right? And if you like, if you show up and the, you're wearing a jersey of your favorite player, and he doesn't even play, and he's not hurt, if he's hurt. That's one thing. That's a fan. Mm-hmm. That's a risk you take as a fan mm-hmm. buying a ticket. Same time, if he's not hurt, he's resting. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> resting. He's resting for what? <laughs> for what? I, bought, I paid. I paid for this ticket. I'm paying 28 bucks for a beer. I need to see the star. That's what we came for. All right. So there's the NBA. Not been taking an approach here, trying to to salvage some regular Smart season move. ratings and revenues. And uh, as you said, it's an existential threat to the league, without a doubt. Okay. So Ty, you're a big basketball fan. Do you like that role, fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably still not going to watch much regular season NBA beyond watching the Mavericks. You know, that's my favorite team. Well, that's right. As long as you're watching your favorite team, then mm-hmm. the NBA is fine with you. Yeah, and uh, Luca does sit a lot. I think this will help him be more in shape when playoffs roll around. I think that that'll be the case for a lot of these guys. Um, Injury-wise, I'm sure we'll see more injuries because of it, um, which in the long run is probably worse for the NBA. Um, but for fans who go to these games night in, night out, it's I think it's a great rule. All right, great yeah, there's, there's been talk about that, and it, I'm sure we, we're too close to it. It's too recent right now, the load management phenomenon, to actually do any extensive, thorough research on it. But I can't wait for someone to do it, I'm sure in like five or six years, to compare injury rates uh, in the load management era to injury rates in the previous Era of the yeah, it NBA. seems like there are more injuries now. It, it seems like that, but but it could just be more well, coverage. It's like, it's like, it could just be more coverage, E, that we have social media, we have 24-hour news cycles that we're just hearing about them more, fantasy, that kind of stuff. So it could be that, but I'm with you. I believe I'm, my hypothesis is agreeing with you. I think we have more injuries now in the load management era than we had before, well, on the, and we got to figure out if that is the case. On the heels of the Max Scherzer, I mean, there are more arm injuries for pitchers in baseball now that they rest them more often, mm-hmm. and they're careful with them as they come through the minors. Yeah. It's like, uh, come it's on like, now. It's What's like building, going on? building up a certain like scar, like immunity tolerance, to it, yeah. or tolerance, yeah, toughness. that kind of thing. Yeah, toughness, whatever. I, I it is. think the same thing. Okay, uh, Rod, I'm going to try to pick your brain and the, the audience brain. Who's going to be the, le- the leading ru- lead running back for the Philadelphia Eagles tonight on Thursday Night Football? We'll get details on that, uh, especially for you fantasy football and underdog fantasy players. Oh yeah. Uh, but right now, Rod, tell them about Ironworks. Uh, yes, Iron sir. Workers. Because uh, we know that Austin is a gorgeous city. It's a beautiful city. People keep moving here for that very reason. They see it once and they think to themselves, "I would really." love to live here. Well, one of the 
reasons for that aesthetic appeal is thanks to the skilled craftsmanship of our good friends at Ironworkers Local 482. They've been helping shape Greater Austin since 1935. That's a really long time. And as the city continues to grow and thrive, so does Ironworkers Local Union 482. They don't go to the office. They build the office. So if you're looking for an exciting new career change, you can become a valued member of this prestigious organization, Ironworkers Local 482. And you can uh, accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself while helping shape Austin's economic development. And you see the labors of their love all over this great city and iconic landmarks like DKR Stadium and the Pennybacker Bridge. And right now, this uh, group is hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas. And you can become one of these lucky people to become a member of Ironworkers Local 482 and take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that helps shape the future of our great city. So maximize your potential and be your best self today. Simply go online and apply at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Questions on the Specs text line. This says, how did Warren Sapp's big ass get second place? Dude, he's got sweet feet. Yeah. Sweet feet. Ath- yeah, athletes, man. It just, it's, and you know what? Honestly, sometimes, as we know, it's like the when the short like Spud Webb wins the dunk competition or something. Sometimes seeing something so unorthodox <laughs> and, uh, and, non- and unconventional, uh, dancing like he's a dancing bear out there, that actually is sometimes it, 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 it kind of shocks you a little bit. And I think it adds to the spectacle. Yeah, he's a bigger guy, he's but he can move like that. He's a bigger guy moving. you like, That's damn. That's why he was a, sweet you know, feet. considered to be the number one prospect when he came out, yeah. kind of like Jalen Carter. If you're 300 and some odd pounds and you can move like that, yeah. those are great that's feet. An, that's an awe, that's <laughs> an awe element to it. Like, what the hell? How does he well, do that? Well, that's also why NFL scouts love those guys, too. Amen. Uh, hey, so uh, interesting tonight in the NFL, Rod Babers, the um, – by the way, I have a question for you on your dancing with the star on your oh, bats yeah. or bats or idea. Throw it out there. I love it, man. So yeah. you're, I, I see your plan. It was a I'm plan. I'm going to go on the show. I still love. I'm, I really like you. I'm going to come back to you and I, I'm going to commit to you to you mm-hmm. on the show, national television, national worldwide television. television. Yes, let every, exactly. But I've always wondered this because you didn't actually do it, so I don't. You, she can't answer. It's upset. But my theory is, you know, even the girl you, you pick or don't pick. Your your lady's gonna see. Are you gonna go to the honeymoon suite when she gives you the the, the opportunity? Are you gonna? Um, see, I would have to play that. It's the way I gotta play. I gotta play hard to get. You know, your what your your then pl- girlfriend's gonna watch the show. I gotta play hard to get. So what I would basically be telling that other woman is, listen, I got too much respect for you. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you look like you know a hussy. I'm not gonna make you look like some type of slut on TV. I would never do that. You're gonna be my future wife potentially. Nobody. Why would I want my future wife to look like some kind of skank on TV? I wouldn't do it. I respect you too much for that. And our daughter is gonna see that one day. I want my daughter. I want our daughter to see the go. respect I have for you. All right, and receive the respect that our Ooh. that we have for this commitment that we made to each other. And this ain't America's bitch. This is our bitch. This is our thing. Man, I could have, man. You got it all know, figured I'm out. In, I'm right now, I'm in the zone right now, fitting game. Come on, man. You put me on that. Man, she'd have been a mesmerized. Come on, man. I'd have been in like the Deion final. Like, you're Coach Tom right now. Come on, man. I'm telling you, I had to play it ready. By the way, Give me my theme music. <laughs> Give me my theme music. Give me my theme music. ready to go. By the way, our, our friend, the horn psychologist, has diagnosed you, Rod. He says, good thing your wife had the ego strength to interrupt your grandiosity. She saved your life at a critical <laughs> psychological juncture. <laughs> she probably did. No, no question. You're right about that. My life would have went off the rails as a reality TV star. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell her where I'd be. That's right. That's right. Well, you are sounding like Coach Prime, and I love it. Uh, hey, you fantasy football owners out there, I'm one, two. Rod's not. If you're playing underdog fantasy, who is going to be the running back for the Eagles tonight? I'm trying to figure this out, uh, and I think it's going to be Boston Scott. Because here's the deal. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, if you watched the game last week when they beat the, uh, the New England Patriots, was their leading rusher. He had the most carries with 14. He had the most yards with 54. He had a wow. long of 16. Uh, Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift, their acquisition, combined for two carries. 
in that game. That's crazy. So and now Are they Ken- hurt? And now Kenneth Gainwell's hurt. Are they hurt though, uh, Scott and no, Swift? No, they, they were on the field. They just they didn't wow. uh Remember, they jumped out to a big 16 nothing lead in that game thanks to a pick six or an interception early. And then, they, then they, of course, but the, the Patriots clawed their way back, and by the end it was a one-score game, 25-20. to And that Patriots defense is really good. And for, for Cowboys fans that are saying the Eagles didn't look great, you know, any win in Foxborough on Tom Brady Day uh, is a big win. That's a tough place to win yeah. with Bill Belichick having all offseason to get ready for that game. So I'm not going to panic <laughs> for the Eagles, but the panic would be, if you're an Eagles fan, is the injuries. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, remember when we heard that the Eagles were in the mix for Jonathan Taylor? Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was a scary proposition. Thinking, well, why, why would the Eagles? I mean, the Eagles are running back by committee. But that's what I. That's when I said that I wonder if they haven't been happy with DeAndre Swift, who they acquired from the Lions, and really haven't been blown away by Rashad Penny. Where is Rashad Penny? Yeah, where is Rashad Penny? Hey, where is he? I'm serious. He's, he's supposed to get uh, a bulk of the carries from what I've been reading. Who, Penny? Yes, he was. Penny? Tonight, wow. yeah. All right, Rashad Penny. Hmm. Uh, we'll see. They're playing a Vikings team that's hoping their defense is improved with Brian Flores now calling their defense. But, <laughs> but you said Baker. What yeah, you said? Ba- <laughs> Baker Mayfield said, I figured him out. By the second half, he said yeah. he knew their signs. He knew their signals. Oh, that's not a good sign for Brian Flores. Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback, but he's not considered elite well, and it, in dub, the NFL. It dovetails back to uh, the football theorist over there, Rod Babers, because Apparently, according to Dan Orlovsky, the Vikings against Baker Mayfield were running a lot of those amoeba fronts, All right? Those, those simulated pressures, simulated pressures, mm-hmm. where they were showing pressure would only bring four, but you got to pick the right four. And then the second half, apparently, Baker Mayfield figured out what the sign was and which four were coming. Wow! And he was able to then carve them up in the second half Good and get Baker. that road win. So the Vikings have to fix that. I, I'm intrigued to see this game. I know Cowboy fans are intrigued to see how good the Eagles. Remember the Eagles last year, which is blow teams off the field. Right. Oh yeah, especially in the second minute, second, second quarter. quarter. Right by halftime, it wasn't even close. Yeah, <laughs> and it looked like last Sunday they were going to do that in New England. They're up sixteen mm-hmm. to nothing. And you're like, oh my gosh, this, this is their back. And uh, you talked about their their pressure they wreak on their defensive front in it Philadelphia. Is, yeah, I, that's why I worry about this game with Kirk Cousins. I believe week uh, week one he had the third, or at least they allowed the third most QB hits on Kirk Cousins, uh, tied for the third most QB hits with nine. That's a lot going up against this Philadelphia front. Uh, their pass rush get off, which is how quickly you can, you know, obviously get off the ball once the ball is snapped. Uh, Miles Garrett led the NFL with .58. That's just sickening. He That's had one dumb. snap of .44. That guy's the freak. Point he, might be, he and Michael Parsons are the two freakiest dudes they in are. the league. I agree with you. Yes. You might be talking about overall, too. And Aaron Donald. you got to put Aaron Donald in there, too. Yeah. Uh, but then the Eagles, uh, Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter, uh, .59, .68, Hassan Reddick, .70, uh, Fletcher Cox, .72, Tywin Milton-Williams. Those are five Philadelphia Eagles defensive linemen, and they make up five of the top eight, yeah. including like Nick Bosa and Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, they have a defensive front that is loaded. They even they, they may have some injuries on the defensive front they're dealing with too, but they have, they're so deep, and these guys are so aggressive and so ferocious. Well, the question is for, you know, Kirk Cousins can sling it, and you got Justin Jefferson and, uh, you know, Adam. Jordan Addison out of USC. That's true. They got the tight end in Hawkinson. And look, the Eagles, in addition to not having Kenneth Gainwell or to go with Rashad Penny, their secondary, they have their starting corner, James Bradbury, and the starting safety is injured and not playing tonight. Both are in concussion protocol. So um, we'll see if they can get after that this evening. This will be a good game. It's on Amazon Prime. It's NFL football. You'll tune in. Kirk Cousins. Tuxton makes a good point about Cousins in primetime. I'll get those numbers, but you're right. He's been miserable in primetime games. Oh, it's a way, terrible number. I'll get I it. Can't wait to hear that. Plus, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain with Texas football conversation. 
with Rod. And, yeah, somebody said Baker Mayfield took a shot at the Astros when he was asked if he was stealing signs. Come on, signs. Baker. We'll hear Baker coming back. We, we'll play that for you. Keep Baker, it classy. Baker did take a shot at the Strohs. I'll let you hear it. Plus, behind the burn orange curtain, off the record before the end of the hour on a Thursday. Vandergriff High School football continues their dominant start to the season with a 48-17 win over the Midway Panthers. Catch all the action from kickoff to the final play right here on the Horn. Vandergriff plays again this Friday, September 15th. The Vipers will go on the road to open district play against the Stony Point Tigers. Kickoff at 7, pregame at 6.30. Hear it all here on 101.9 The Horn, AM 1260, or download the Horn app and hear Vandergriff football anywhere on the planet. Friday night football is back. Vandergrift Viper High School Football on the Horn. All right, uh, new partner here on Ian Rodby, and we're really excited to have our friends at Window Nation. Window Nation. And, you know, Rod, I mentioned you watch a lot of reality TV. I watch a oh, lot yeah. of uh, my house. The TV's always on the home go- home fix-up shows, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Fixer-uppers. <laughs> and I've learned over and over again, new windows are one of the best ways to increase your home's value, and it also brings your energy bills down. And then you, you know, once you realize that, I mean, this is a win-win, double winner, then you just got to figure out who you're going to go with. Do your install and your new windows. Well, Window Nation is a third-generation replacement window experts who have been uh, lucky to provide homeowners replacement windows for more than 15 years, my friend. Yeah, Window Nation offers a variety of styles, custom-made to help you find the perfect look for your home and your budget. More importantly, Window Nation's products are Energy Star certified. Just like my man Yogan said, some of y'all don't realize you've been throwing money literally right out the window, right? Because your your windows are not energy uh, energy efficient where all their windows are energy star certified so you'll see uh money on your energy bills uh go down no matter the season and with window nation you'll get a free consultation uh from their exterior design consultants and once your new windows are installed you'll have access to window nation's customer care center to address any and every question or concern you have about their products and services so for a limited time only also by the way window nation is offering a buy two get two windows free special that's right baby you can't Missed that offer. So give them a call, 512-360-0899. That's 512-360-0899. Or visit them online at windownation.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Going behind the burnt orange curtain coming up, Longhorns facing Wyoming Saturday night at DKR. Finally, some cool temps they'll be greeted with or cooler on Saturday night with the 7 o'clock under the lights tip, or kick, I should say. We'll uh, also go off the record before the top of this hour. Way to the timeout. Rod, we mentioned that uh, Baker Mayfield maybe figured out the signals, the signs of the uh, Minnesota Vikings last week and was able to chew them up in the second half and bring his Buccaneers all the way back to win that game and stun the Vikings on their home opener. A lot of people thought the Vikings... You know, we're the favorites, and they won 13 games a year ago. They're playing the home opener against a team a lot of people thought we were tanking with Tampa Bay, and they won that game. Here's Baker Mayfield taking a little shot at the, uh, you know, making it clear who he roots for on the baseball diamond in the state of Texas. I mean, you keep doing that. You know, we're going to have some folks from the government, you know, going into one of those dark vans listen, with guys listen, in the listen, suits and listen, trying to get a job. I know I'm in Tampa, but I'm a Texas Rangers fan, not a Houston Astros fan, so we're not going to condone that. Oh, <laughs> see what you did there. Totally unnecessary, Baker. Come on. Uh, well, unnecessary. They, Take they, a shot. They got strokes. caught. You, know, you own it. Hey, so the um, the Kirk Cousins in primetime oh, stat you found, yeah. Rod? Let me give you this stat. Okay, so this is Kirk Cousins in primetime. His record twelve and twenty overall. Um, his Thursday night football record is four and five. That's not good. And this is a probably even more damning stat. Primetime games. 
Uh, two, he's two and sixteen Ooh. in primetime games straight up versus teams with a winning record. So he's two oh, and sixteen straight up yeah, versus teams with winning records in primetime. That is not good. So yeah, Kirk Cousins primetime. Uh, it's a bad bet. It's well, and of course, bet. the Eagles got to stand and watch or got to see Tom Brady's jersey retirement and that whole pomp and circumstance last weekend. Now they get to raise their NFC Championship banner. This is their first game on that field since they beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship game one year ago. Yeah. Uh, so there'll yeah. be a lot of hype in the building, and it's Philadelphia. So And you know. Jalen Hurts' primetime record, 8-5, and five, Thursday night football record, 2-1. and one. And of course, well, he's only lost one game out of his last what nineteen. We'll see uh, if uh, regular season games. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if our man Ty will have a what's popping pick of the night coming up before Ooh, the end of our the program. Sex Panther pick. The Sex Panther pick because sixty percent of the time it works every time. Let's Dang. go. On. That's all right. It's okay. <laughs> Dang. Dang. <laughs> Can we go behind the VOC talk some Texas football? And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind? All right, so I want to get back to one of my predictions I made before the season started, actually. One of my predictions uh, that I made was about J.T. Sanders. J.T. Sanders coming off his first 100-yard game. I got to go think it's the last time a tight end had 100 yards at Texas, too. It's been a while. I got to go do that research and find out last time we had a tight end with a 100-yard receiving game. I'm sure it's probably happened somewhere you know, more recently than I'm thinking, but it's been a while. And it was the first one for J.T. Sanders. Uh, one of my predictions for J.T. Sanders was that he was going to leave the University of Texas as the most statistically prolific tight end in school history. And the 100-yard game, that's perfect to kind of put him on that path. Now, let's look at his season last season. He had 54 receptions. That was the most by a tight end in a single season in program history. So he's already there. He had the second most yards receiving for a tight end in a single season with 613. Um, the record for most receiving yards in a single season for a tight end is 637. He was really close. <laughs> uh, that's from 1994. I think he'll get 637 or more this season. All right. I think he'll be right around there or better. Um, the Texas record for most touchdown catches in a single season by a tight end is eight by Pat Fitzgerald in 95. Uh, JT Sanders had five last season. Now he doesn't have one. He's got one this season. He's got one. Didn't get one in the Bama game. Even though he had 114 yards receiving. Didn't get in the end zone. But I do think he could come close to eight touchdowns. That's hard for a tight end, though, especially in Sark's offense. And remember, Sark says his offense, tight end is the second most important position behind quarterback and in and, and my research I don't think Sark has had a tight end as physically gifted as JT Sanders so that's another record that he's close to uh, David Thomas owns the record for most catches for a tight end in a uh, in a single game and in a career single game is 10 so honestly depend he'll never get 10 receptions in a game because Sark has too many weapons in his offense so I don't think he'll get to that one but most catches for a tight end in a single in a career he had 54 last year um that's 98 by David Thomas I think he actually can get that record that's another one I think he can get um if you look at most receiving yards in a game for a tight end 149 by Jermichael Finley I mean, he had 114. I don't know if he'll get to 149. That's a lot for a tight end, but you know, he's got that kind of ability. Most receiving, um, most receiving touchdowns in a career uh, by tight end, 15 by David Thomas. 
that's going to be tough for him because he's only got six touchdowns in his career as a tight end. He's got it because I think after this season, we all agree JT Sanders probably is going to go to the NFL and see what his draft prospects are. I don't know if he'll get to 15 unless he gets double-digit touchdowns this year. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Most receiving touchdowns in the game, three by DJ Grant for a tight end. Um, And I don't know if he'll get that either just because you have so many weapons. But I still stand by my initial statement that he will leave as the statistically the most prolific tight end in school history just because of the offense and because Sark put places a huge, you know, priority on a tight end position. Even though you really haven't seen it statistically from his tight ends throughout the years, he also hasn't had a tight end that has the type the capability um, and the the upside of a JT Sanders in his offenses either. So he says the tight end is important. I think this year we'll see how important it is. But in that Bama game, you saw it. Basically, once X-Man became a decoy and he had gravity pulling defenders away right, from JT Sanders, pulling defenders away from A.D. Mitchell, you got those guys ended up in one-on-one situations, Jay Witt as well. But JT Sanders, uh, you know, other than A.D. Mitchell, he might be just as dangerous as A.D. Mitchell is in one-on-one coverage because you just don't have a linebacker or a safety that really matches up. You're probably going to be best off putting your nickel back on JT Sanders, but then who the hell's covering Jay Witt? Right. You're fourth best cornerback or something like that so you you were just presented with so many challenges with JT Sanders on the field and I remember when Texas couldn't you know find a five tool tight end after Jermichael Finley left and it was because of injuries and different things and I would always compare the tight end position to it being an endangered species on the 40 acres you just couldn't find a good one no matter how well they recruited they just couldn't figure out the tight end position and I remember reading an article a couple of years ago because I'm obsessed with like you know, national parks now as an old man. Uh, in, in Yellowstone <laughs> National Park, they, been there. Oh, I know. No, I went to Glacier, and now I'm like hooked. Now I do research on national parks, and I want to go there. So Craig Way's kind of got me into it a little bit too, because Craig Way likes to travel. But anyway, I was reading an article about Yellowstone National Park and about the wolves. They reintroduced the wolf population there uh, about 25 uh, years ago, and now they're seeing like the uh, the 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 ecosystem uh, bounce back. As a result of that, basically when they eradicated the uh, the gray wolf there, which was I think in the 1920s, basically they killed them all for different reasons. Uh, by you know some people saying that they were attacking their cattle and uh, their livestock, and they became an endangered species basically. And after they reintroduced the wolf back into Yellowstone, they saw the ecosystem recover. So basically when they when the wolf was taken away from Yellowstone, the elk and the deer populations just became robust. Like they just blew up, right? Um, and the without the wolves, nobody to hunt the elk and the deer. Coyotes became kind of the, the top of the food chain. They became the lead predator. Elk population exploded and elk were overgrazing. All right. So instead of them moving around to avoid predators, they were just overgrazing on willows and aspens. And without those trees, those willows and aspens, the songbirds didn't have homes. Because the elk were overgrazing on all of the places where they would build their nests. And so the songbirds, their population declined. Beavers, their population declined, too, because they couldn't build dams, which were their homes. And the dams actually provided shade to the, the waterways in uh, the, the park, in, that, in Yellowstone National Park. So the fish actually, who were accustomed to a certain temperature in the water, they would die as well when the water temperature got too hot. So you just start this cascading effect <laughs> on wow. the ecosystem, all because they, they they eradicated the the wolf, 
all right, from Yellowstone. And then when he came back, they saw all these things recover. They had uh, the, be- the beaver population uh, went from uh, having, I think, like four colonies. Uh, then they got now they got nine to ten to twelve different beaver colonies. So it's just all these indirect consequences that that basically had in- reintroducing that gray wolf, that predator into the ecosystem had such a positive domino effect all throughout. And I think the same thing is true for the endangered species that has become the tight end on the 40 acres. Reintroducing him, uh, that five-tool tight end, J.T. Sanders, back into the Texas offensive identity has really, it, it's, it's caused a, a positive domino effect, a butterfly effect all throughout the offense. And now every, every aspect of that offense is now thriving as a result of now having that tight end position thriving at its highest level. Well, and that to me, that's you know we talked yesterday to Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and the recruiting effort and how it's up you know the uptick you get from an Alabama win, you know you feature the tight end you can then recruit tight ends, Rod. I mean, Amen, you, brother. You should, I mean, Rod, Sark has already shown the ability to recruit receivers at a high level, quarterbacks at a high level. They've rebuilt the offensive and defensive lines, but uh, you know J.T. Sanders was a five-star player. You don't get a lot of five-star guys. Uh, to play tight end, right? Remember, he, the, the question of him coming out of Denton Ryan was he going to be a defensive end? Was he going to mm-hmm. come off the edge? And they they convinced him to kind of redshirt his freshman year as a five star, learn the position, and now he's flourishing. And as you said, he really he makes them when they're clicking almost uncoverable or undefensible, yep. indefensible. And typically, teams who are that good and prolific offensively, it's the tight end that really it becomes is. the difference, right? You're, yeah, you go look at those really David uh, Thomas, prolific tight ends. Yeah, they are. David Thomas when he was with Vince Young and all that talent. You know, you just had it, 10-catch 10, 10 games, 12-catch games, because they're matchup problems. And you have you have so much fear of the other positions, and then in Vince's case, him taking off and running, that your tight end becomes just a, just a, a mismatch nightmare. Yep. Uh, and I think J.T. Sanders in that boat here with the Longhorns right now. And Sark moves him around. He moves around more than any tight end in the country. As a matter of fact, he moves around probably more than any skill position player in the country We you look at pre-snap movements and shifts. And that's all about Sark trying to manip- manipulate and find a matchup. But somebody else who does that is Andy Reid. He does it with Travis Kelsey a ton, just moving him around the chessboard. Coming back, we go off the record. Some stories that uh, maybe you missed, but you need to know with Ian Rodby. Coming next. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Rod. <laughs> Off the record. Oh, yeah. Of course, we know Monday was the uh, anniversary of 9-11. Unfortunately. We'll never forget, 22 years ago. Mm. Now, this week, DraftKings, you know, DraftKings um, received backlash from the families and the victims of 9-11. I saw this. For something called the 9-11 Parlay, yeah. which they did, which... Probably not a good idea. A little, little insensitive. No. A little too soon. So their, their Parlay soon. was an idea to, to make a bet on the Mets, Yankees, and Jets all playing that day or night. And you know, just sort of you know, in a way named it something else. Yes, yeah, should have just named it something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll never forget. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Uh, so they have apologized. Well, how about I this? Have to Rob? apologize. I have to apologize, <laughs> T. Barbie. You gave Miss Miss Universe to the wrong person. 
But I also saw this where somebody decided it was a good idea to have O.J. Simpson. Oh, no. O.J. Simpson on oh, their no. show to talk about. Who having O.J. on to talk about anything? Uh, let me look what this show is called. Come well, on. Why are you having O.J. on to talk about something? They had O.J. on the show to ask about the Aaron Rodgers interview. Aaron, oh. Aaron Rodgers injury. Okay. And uh, let's so. hear what, what O.J. had to say. Oh, no. Defense is still going to be good. They got that defense. And that kid learned a lot from Aaron. Unfortunately, uh, 9-11 is just a bad date for New York. Oh! You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> I turn it down. Turn it down. Wow. No. 9-11 joke from O.J. Simpson. Did they laugh in the studio? What are we doing? Yeah. Nine, On 9-11? 9-11 is a bad day for New York. Wow. What? Man. That just happened? Yeah. I mean, OJ is embracing the villainy at this point. He's like, I'm a villain. I'm never going. Why, why, why am That's I worried low, about being political? Why is OJ worried about being politically correct? Please tell me. Is he being the villain or is his self-awareness lower than anybody on the planet Earth? <laughs> he did write Social a book. Social and self-awareness. He did write a book, a co-author of a book called What If I Done It? Um, what If I Had Killed? Yeah, yeah the hypothetical. <laughs> the, uh, Nicole Brown. Which is like written like exactly he's like how it was done. I mean, he's comparing uh, an injury to a football player to wow. 3,000 people losing their lives. That's Wow. Come on, Juice. So, yeah. yes, that's off the record. Juice, man. OJ. But you know what? I'm going to, you know, it's, it's like. You can't even cancel OJ anymore. He's been canceled. Know, he's I'm, already canceled well, already. I'm what canceling are you do? the knuckleheads on the show who thought it was a good idea to have OJ Simpson on their show. Okay? Mm. That's not going to ever happen on this program. Yeah. No, and oh. you, you're telling me if we could get OJ Simpson, you wouldn't want to. Talk I think you no. could. I think you could get OJ. I think he just want, he wants you to pay. I think you just pay to no, get thank OJ. You. I think you can get OJ. I mean, it, they, these people are going to ask you to pay. They said they ha- they had to yeah. laugh. Would you not laugh at OJ's jokes? <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah, you better. You well, better. You well, stop making jokes about nine eleven. Okay, jokes about nine eleven. Probably not good on nine eleven, especially in comparing it to a football injury. Come on. Yeah, that that oh, that's ugly, man. Like I said, but he can't be canceled. And he does it as uh, that show Ty can. mentioned that show can, but he doesn't really, you know, have a filter anymore either. He just, he has no self awareness. What about no you? Do you have an off the record run? Uh, that kind of took the cake. I don't know. <laughs> if, that's OJ once again shocked us all. All right, uh, all right. Um, you have heard about this uh, this Jim Trotter uh, lawsuit? Oh, I did see this. This is big deal. It could be this, a big deal for the yes, NFL. This is a big deal for the NFL. So the NFL is being sued uh, for discrimination. Jim Trotter, former, he's a, obviously a former member of the media and a journalist, used to cover the NFL. And he's suing the NFL over termination, claiming discrimination. And one of the allegations in his lawsuit claims that Bill's owner, uh, Terry Pe- uh, Pegula. Terry Pegula, yeah. Uh, owner of the Buffalo Bills, at one point stated a reference to the player protests. This is back there in the uh, the protest during the national anthem that he heard him say, quote, if the black players don't like it here, they should go back to Africa and oh. see how bad it is. He also claims another example of discrimination. He uh, Jerry Jones also talking about the uh, players protesting during the national anthem um, at one point. Claims that he allegedly said, if, quote, if blacks feel some kind of way, they should buy their own team and hire who they want to hire, end quote. Jerry Jones never said some kind of way. That's not in his vocabulary. Some kind of well, way. His vocabulary is, he's got his own language, Jerry mm. Jones.
Not yeah. good, though. Not good. Yeah, just allegations. That's what he claims. He doesn't have, I mean, it's hard to prove those things, but there you go. That is, those are ugly allegations. And though. who was that? that is, Jim Trotter. Was, and who's Jim Trotter? He was a long-time writer. He's a media, yeah, remember the media. Like, probably squat the, covered the NFL for like, what, 20 years, maybe? Yeah, maybe longer. USA Today Yeah. Uh, for a long time. But he's basically claiming his, he's fired from the NFL network over his stance that he took on the protest during the national anthem and discrimination in hiring practices of the NFL. That's what so, mm. there you go. To, I by, guess, by the way, Rod, you're, you're, you're bonding with the national park lovers out there, too. We'll read some text hey. because of your national geographic Thank you guys. behind the burn orange curtain. We'll have some help with you on that. There's off the record. Never book OJ Simpson on your show. That should just be <laughs> standard acting, standard operating procedure for radio and media. It's Ian Rodby.